All right, guys, before we jump into an extremely exciting show, got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group with a uh, location over there just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in Lakewood. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will get hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal for some great people uh, who have supported us for a very long time. So if you need any dental work done, head over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. All right, let's hop into this emergency pod. Emergency pod. Let's go. New call. You hyped, Mace? It's too early in the morning for that. Jeez. Let's go. Let's go, Nathaniel Hackett. Welcome to Denver, Nathaniel. Yes, uh, Hackett season is upon us. The Denver Broncos have a new head coach as of, I think, officially. 6.15 a.m. this morning. Funny uh, little note here. I found out um, this morning that this news actually almost broke at 12.30 last night. Um, but the Broncos were able to push it back, hold it off, don't break the news until tomorrow morning. Um, so I, I guess wish it had broken last night at 12.30 in the morning. Y- you I was know, wide awake then. I was awake too, <laughs> but I was here at the bar celebrating a, an electric abs win. It would have been an interesting <laughs> show had we gone live at 12.30 last night. Uh, but, but the Broncos got their guy. And what an interesting way, the way that this kind of all went down. Uh, George Payton clearly loved Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. And we find out. Today that it it was his See, favorite. <laughs> Zach, you thought it, they would have brought the the final guy to a steakhouse. The plan was, was to go plan. to the steakhouse. But I said also maybe a Los Dos is his favorite spot, and he wanted to take you know his new guy there. The plan was to go to Shanahan. Yes, of so course. So that's a pivot. That's a new era because no longer Elway's. Isn't uh, Hackett technically a part of the Shanahan tree or not? He co- he definitely comes he's from a, the West Coast, Bill Walsh. Yeah, I mean he's an indirect. He, he's he's a branch of a branch. Right. You'd consider him a branch of Lafleur, who's a branch of McVeigh, or no, yeah. he's a branch of Mike Shanahan because Lafleur was on that Washington staff. So it'd be Mike Shanahan, Lafleur, Hackett. Hackett. There you go. And then 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 of course his father Paul Hackett did a lot of West Coast offense mm. work, but. Uh, don't believe he was ever in San Francisco where it originated. He did. He did guide the West Coast offense with the Chiefs back in the 1990s. So there you go. That was the plan. Yeah. But um, George Payton says, "No, I want to take you to my spot. Yeah. Uh, just you and me. That's uh, a <laughs> and very and, and, yes, of course. And uh, that's an interesting twist in it. So, but then 
George Payton, I guess, you know, playing a little hard to get slow playing his guy, uh, essentially saying, hey, I want to, you know, bring these other guys in. And then last night, whether by design or by a little stroke of luck for Hackett, I'm going to say by design, um, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars announced that they want to interview him and or that news comes out. And at that point, George Payton said, oh, no. Not letting, you know, uh, my top candidate go on another date. I'm, I'm calling in the ring. Uh, and that's why it almost broke so late last night. Broncos instantly got on the phone with Nathaniel Hackett and said, all right, let's get this thing done. And it would have been a second interview for Nathaniel Hackett. And as we've talked about this week, typically you don't want to let your second interview leave if that's going to be your guy. So that's when George Payton said, no way, you're coming home, baby. And Nathaniel Hackett will be the next coach of the Denver Broncos. And I got to give George Payton yes. so much credit here because Dan Quinn was the front runner from the very beginning. Then Dan Quinn was one of the finalists. Then it appeared Dan Quinn was going to be the last interview the Broncos had and they weren't going to let him leave. But George Payton truly made this an open search. Dan Quinn would have been the head coach of the Broncos if uh, George Payton had done it how the past few coaching searches mm -hmm. in Denver had been done, where you just go with the front runner, you, you just go through the song and dance but uh, of interviewing other people. But no, George Payton was open to it, and man, he fell in love with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, and, and I have to give credit to him too because I, <laughs> you know, I think um, we're still in the learning process of how George Payton operates. And, uh, you know, I got to apologize for thinking he's too much like Elway. He's not like Elway. Um, he keeps kind of throwing us curveballs here from what we're used to. Uh, even, you know, go all the way to having Hackett in first as, if Hackett was their, you know, the true favorite. And that's certainly what it seems like here. Um, so he, he does things a little differently. Uh, and I love it. I love that we're kind of learning George Payton on the fly. He threw everyone a curveball here. Mm going back to the first interview to make the uh, the hire and what an uh, what an exciting day this is as the Broncos finally thank God finally hire an offensive mind to be their yes, head coach. thank you offensive mind so they went different that way but they went the same as it's a first time head coach mm -hmm. he does have a little more experience he's been an offensive coordinator for eight years in the NFL he's been at three different stops in terms of being an offensive coordinator so you hope that background is different especially than Vance Joseph who only had one year as a defensive coordinator but man the Broncos mm -hmm. needed offense so Bad, so bad and they finally get it well the biggest thing for them getting offense is what happens at quarterback yes and that's uh, and i think that's bigger than just hiring of course nathaniel hackett i mean you just go and look at the uh, total offense ranks for oh, that nathaniel hackett's been a part of as as offensive coordinator going back back to buffalo 19 26 23rd that year they were they were sixth in jacksonville they went all the way to the afc championship and then right and then right after that 27th uh, Green Bay was actually kind of pedestrian in 2019 only 18th in total offense before being fifth and 10th in the last couple of years so all about the it's all about the quarterback basically it, it is all about the quarterback and I don't think George Payton hired Nathaniel Hackett because of his offensive prowess I think it's a nice part of the resume but this is a leadership thing um everyone who crosses paths with Nathaniel Hackett absolutely loves this guy it's just in doing more research uh, on him in the you know couple hours since I woke up this morning to the news. Uh, he you know one thing that everyone says, talks about is how funny he is. Mm -hmm. 
Aaron Rodgers <laughs> said this guy's hilarious. His presentations are legendary. Uh, you know, you heard about um, a little bit about it in the reporting about the interview with George Payton, just that they were having fun, laughing, having a great time. Uh, and, and it really feels like he has infectious energy. And I think that is also what uh, Aaron Rodgers used to describe him. Highly recommend if you didn't read it when we talked about him the first time, go read that Nikki Jabala piece on him. It's hilarious. Just some of the things that he says, like he wanted to be a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake at one point in his life. He's a uh, Star Wars enthusiast. Yes. Puts Star Wars references in his play calls. A lot of the, yeah. the stuff um, that I love about Mike McDaniel is kind of true of Nathaniel Hackett, self-deprecating, willing, you know, to make a joke of him uh, about himself. Uh, and it, and it's, he, it's, it's definitely that infectious energy that I think ended up getting him this job. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that the Broncos also really need. They needed a jolt of offense and they needed a jolt of energy, especially from the head coach. What have we said? The team takes the personality of their head coach or their quarterback. Broncos have not had a quarterback that they could take the the uh, identity of. And you didn't really want the Broncos to take the identity of the past two coaches. So this is someone where regardless of the quarterback, yes, they're going to need the quarterback in order to have success on the field, but in terms of building a culture and an identity as a team, this is something that the Broncos can absolutely build around. And it's a great identity to have of fun, energetic, passionate. They're going to have so much excitement around them. That's something that's just that the not only the players are going to love, the fans are going to love. It's going to just make the building a lot more enjoyable to be around. So th th this is, uh, you're, you're right, Ryan. The offense is great, but he did hire him uh, for more than just that. The personality he brings and everything we hear is that he's just extremely smart, which, of course, every head coach is going to be, but it's good to hear that. And one thing you do, look at social media this morning and look at what the Jacks or the, the Green Bay Packers players are saying about Nathaniel Hackett. They're, they're bummed that he's leaving. They're so excited for the Broncos. They're saying it's a dub for the Broncos. So that shows you what type of player uh, or what type of coach the Broncos are getting. Um. You think music's coming back to practices? Oh, yes. yes. But you can't call him DJ Hackett because that's a former CU Buffs wide receiver who uh, then played in the NFL for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Covered him in Carolina. Yep. Oh, yeah? Well, why not call him DJ Hackett? I mean, I guess you can, but shouts to DJ Hackett, yes. the actual player. Um, the number one quote that is going to be on everyone's mind, I think, surrounding this hire is from Aaron Rodgers, which was, I hope he doesn't go anywhere dot 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 unless i do yeah <laughs> that i mean that is really eye-opening the way that he said that um and obviously aaron Rodgers, you know likes to have fun with saying little things like that but that's for real um you know he said he's the person who makes it fun to be there um, and that was a big thing that aaron Rodgers, i think needed to come back and play this year remember that wasn't always a foregone conclusion. So mm -hmm. he wa he he really loves Nathaniel Hackett, and I think at this point, obviously Aaron Rodgers doesn't get to control where he's going. Um, but at this point, I think it's fair to say he would like coming to Denver. I think what this does in terms of the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, I don't think this changes Aaron Rodgers' view on wanting to retire or not. I think that's going to be separate. That's going to be its own decision. And I don't really think it changes his view on wanting to go back to Green Bay or not. However, what this does change is I think the Broncos are without a doubt the number one team on Aaron Rodgers' wish list if he is to be traded 
and we know that the Broncos are going to be open to that. So if Aaron Rodgers is put on the trade block, Broncos absolutely not just are the favorite. I think they're the home run favorite. I think it specifically says that plan A stands for Aaron, period. I think so, too. Even though they're not hiring Hackett strictly because (laughs) of Rodgers and plan B then becomes bridge vet to potentially somebody that you draft this coming spring. And that's another reason why you would want Hackett in there to supervise the development of a young quarterback if you don't get Aaron Rodgers. But plan A stands for Aaron, I believe. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I do. And Nathaniel Hackett obviously likes Aaron Rodgers. And look look how much easier that would make his job. I mean, it basically guarantees that his – first few seasons will be a success and that goes a long way as a head coach it it, it guarantees what he just got to see firsthand with Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur is a first-time head coach what the the winningest coach in his first three seasons he can have that opportunity in Denver and then let's say when when Aaron Rodgers then retires well then Nathaniel Hackett has a really good base in order to uh, recruit another free agent or or a veteran in the trade market, or he gets a couple of years of leeway in order to develop a quarterback. Yeah, like Matt LaFleur, I mean, they've done well, but we don't really know how good a coach Matt LaFleur is at this point. It's very true. And we're about to – and if Rodgers leaves Green Bay, we're going to find out. And, I, and if I were betting money on a potential outcome, I would bet on Rodgers having already played his last game with the Packers. I would to think me, so it's too. a que- to me, it's more likely a question of retire or fresh start with a new team. Most likely, the Broncos. I I am I'm with you on that, yeah. and that's like really exciting about this. But we'll have I mean we got unlimited time to talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver, yeah. especially now with the Hackett. I think effect. I think our friend Lindsey Jones, the Athletic, tweeted out that it's it's great news for everyone who does sports talk in Denver. Course. To hire Nathaniel Hackett because the net you can just pencil in the next several weeks, Rogers, 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 and it's also great news for the media in Denver because as I texted Broncos PR this morning, seems like a great podcast guest. <laughs> yes, absolutely does. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know it's a possibility uh, that we can get him on because he does have that. I mean, he's kind of an entertainer. Like mm-hmm. he has that in him. You know that that desire to be a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake. He has he has entertainer in him a little bit. Uh, there's a bunch of really interesting videos you can go find with him, and he's just – he has that natural ability to talk. Um, and, and, you know, that's one thing that, honestly, the last two Denver Broncos head coaches that failed um, in Vic Fangio and Vance Joseph, I felt they lacked a little bit. They never looked comfortable in a public setting to me. Um, Vic, a little more – comfortable in his own skin I felt like but never it didn't seem like he liked public speaking necessarily and that's you know we 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 talk about it from a media perspective but you got to stand up there in front of you know 70 guys um and give speeches you know and it's one thing that in people I talked to that were on the team they said Vic didn't really ever give speeches um which is so weird you know when you think of a head coach you imagine motivating the team giving a speech um in in Vance he had that that leader of men moniker attached to him, but again, never uh, you know. And talking to people who are on the team at the time, 
he wasn't motivating. He wasn't necessarily like a big motivator. Um, you and he know, was letting who, stuff slide too. I mean, guys, totally, totally. guys would show up late for meetings and there was no punishment doled out. And that's kind of the interesting thing. Leadership is not just kind of about giving a good speech and relating to players. It also means that sometimes you're going to have to be the authority figure. But, and but, that's a different, and that can be a difficult line to walk. Sometimes that balance between, you know, be, you know, being buddy buddy and and being relatable, but also sometimes you're going to have to be the disciplinarian. But also, just to tie a bow on kind of what I was getting at there, this guy Hackett is known for the way that he speaks, you know, in front of the team. Um, you know, again, as as Aaron Rodgers said, legendary. Um, and on top of that, he's very big on not just teaching, um, but teaching the new generation in the way that they learn. In fact, uh, again, you know, sharing tidbits from the Nikki Javal article, which you should absolutely read. He, during COVID, developed, got with a teacher and developed a system that the guys could use on their iPad, you know, to, as he described it, feel like I'm right there with them learning. But he, as he said, for the YouTube generation, which I just love, you know, yeah. whether you want to call the generation the YouTube generation or not, um, as we're, we're live here on YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up. Um, but I just love that he's thinking that way. Uh, and then the last thing, maybe to transition us a little bit. Well, I'll share that. Are, are we are we doing breaks? I don't even know what we're doing here. I think we are doing okay. breaks. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I'll share that on the other side. First, I want to remind you to come down to the DNVR bar. Come hang out. Electric last night. Uh, you get a Nuggets win. You get an Avs win. Yeah. Um, Avs with a crazy comeback and then win in overtime. It was awesome. Really great vibes down here. Uh, so always, you know, come down here, come hang out, watch the games. Maybe you come down Sunday um, for the playoff games. Maybe you come Saturday for the Goaties, which are going to be an absolute blast. But I uh, just want to remind you guys to come check out the DNVR bar. And to celebrate today, this weekend, you may want to check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where they have everything for the consumer to the connoisseur. They've got everything you want from the casual to that connoisseur consumer as well. And they have Wana right now and Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep 20 to 100 THC to CBD ratio. And if you need to get some shut eye, what? I was going to say, is that why you were uh, so hard to wake up this morning? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wana uh, can help. Help you get that shut eye uh, and help you stay asleep too, depending on what's going on in your life. <laughs> and so make sure to check them out. And if you use the code DNVR over at Lightshade Dispensary, whether online or in person, you'll get 25% off each and every visit. So check them out at Lightshade Dispensary and use that code DNVR. Check out Sexy Pizza. You know, you might go to the dispensary, get some, get some good stuff there, and you might want some pizza afterwards, right? So check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza. What is Sexy Pizza, you ask? Well, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is, is as local as it gets. Hand-tossed, New York-style pizza. It's the best you're going to find in Denver. We had it over at our tail at our tailgates. Ha I had it a couple weeks ago. Got a big, got a big uh, pepperoni and garlic pizza to take, take home. And you know what? I, I went ahead and got the, got the large. And... I was eating off it all week. Let's go. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's a that's meat the, move right there. That's the whole point of pizza, right? It gets better when you reheat it. And by the way, I reheated my sexy pizza in my air, air fryer. fryer. Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Tasted just as good as it was when I had that first bite sitting there in in the sexy pizza down over in Platt Park on, uh, on South Pearl. 
but they've got locations throughout throughout Denver and now a location in Trinidad. That's right. If you're down in the southern part of the state, want to hit up Sexy Pizza, you can do it right there. They've got 12, 16, or 18-inch crusts, and they've got plenty of great sides and other things. I love their, their Italian salad. They've got wings. They've got pasta. They've got nuts. They've got dessert options. So check all that out at Sexy Pizza with their four Denver locations, Old South Pearl, Capitol Hill, Jefferson Park, Park Hill, and, of course, that new location down in Trinidad. All right, I've shared a few of my favorite tidbits uh, just about his personality from that Nikki Javal article, but by far my favorite part from a football perspective was a quote that he had essentially about how he wanted his offense and he wanted his plays to be obviously that West Coast, but to be the explosive West Coast like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Uh, And so just, you know, to have that in your head, who is this guy? What what does he want to be like? If that's the guy that he wants to be like and if he and he succeeds in being like a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan, I think we're going to be really happy with this guy. And absolutely, that's going to be huge from an offensive standpoint. And that also just shows how he's so comfortable in his own skin. And that's something that we've seen go wrong the past few head coaches. Try to be someone else, try to fit into someone else. And in terms of that leadership, Ryan, something you talked about right before uh, was he does a good job catering to the new generation of players, but also he does a great job of catering to individual players people and that is a huge thing of leadership understanding that not everyone is coached the same uh so I absolutely love that about him so let's talk about this offense what what can it look like is it going to be the two offenses that we're seeing this week is it going to be a combination of you know Kyle Shanahan uh and and um the Rams with Sean McVay I think it's going to be you know it it's all that same tree right um so you know, it's it's a mix of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, obviously, who does things a little bit differently there in Green Bay. But then you go back and you look at the offense that was successful with Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette in uh, Jacksonville, and they incorporated a lot of RPO. And I think that was one of the ways that he was able to maximize Blake Bortles is simplify the field. What's the RPO all about? Make, a, make one read and, and make your decision off of that. And so that's not, you know, it's not not part of those offenses. And I think especially when you see the games with Trey Lance, they try to incorporate it more. So depending on who the quarterback is, and obviously that's going to be the answer uh, to all our, all our problems or the reason why the problems continue at, at, at a certain point. But you'll see, you know, if they go, let's say Malik Willis, who we'll be seeing at the Senior Bowl next week, um, then, yeah, you're going to see a lot more RPO, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. But if they go with – Jimmy Garoppolo because he's out there and available then you're going to see it be you know more of that um more of the stuff that you're seeing that you know San Francisco does well and with that sure if they get Aaron Rodgers it's it's a whole new ball game of what it's going to mean if they get a top shelf quarterback obviously that's going to be what drives it but not of course he's had so much success with Aaron Rodgers these past three years in the past three years Aaron Rodgers likely two MVPs 37 passing touchdowns to only four interceptions. So it'll be an air raid offense, no doubt. But if he doesn't get a top-shelf quarterback, or let's say they go rookie young quarterback, Javante Williams loves Mm -hmm. this 
higher. Absolutely loves it because while Blake Bortles did have a career year under uh, under Nathaniel Hackett in Jacksonville in 2017, it wasn't because of Blake Bortles. It was because of what Nathaniel Hackett was able to do with that running game. He created the number one rushing offense in the NFL in Jacksonville. And so maybe it's good news for Melvin Gordon coming back too uh, to, to create that punch. But man, this is fantastic news for Javante Williams. And I just, I love that Nathaniel Hackett is able to cater to his players and cater to his team's strengths. If he's got a really good quarterback, he's not going to pound the ball and and take the ball away from him. He's going to make his quarterback happy. If he's got a not very good quarterback, a bad quarterback, well, he's going to give it to his strength, which is the running game. It's pretty much everything I was going to say. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's a tailoring to what you have. And if you have to ride Drew Locke this year, I think, uh, the offense would probably look a lot like the, the Blake Bortles offense, which did work in 2017, <clears throat> didn't really work well in 2016, didn't really work well in 2018. Of course, he was uh, uh, dismissed during that season as a result of the offensive struggles as well. Yeah, and again, you know, um, the offense is going to be a big part of this. Um, we're already hearing um, about who potential defensive um, defensive coordinator candidates are going to be. So that's, you know, potentially part of this. But it'll be really interesting to see when we get to talk to Nathaniel Hackett, which hopefully we'll find out about here soon, um, what he says about this. What kind of deep, what, what, what brand of defense does he want? What style of offense is he going to call? Is he more like LaFleur? Is he more like what he did with the RPOs? Is it all depending on the quarterback? You know, I want to hear that stuff from him. And, and hopefully you, you have any scoop on when that may be. Uh, no scoop yet. I would imagine they'd want to get him in the building in the next 24 hours or so. And of course, the Broncos typically, you know, have someone in and don't let them leave. They let Nathaniel Hackett leave, but then they did not let him leave to Jacksonville. So a different process than we're used to. And I, I just love that George Payton was open to doing things different, and it, it worked out this way. But, Ryan, one of the names that we're hearing uh, for to watch out in terms of a, a defensive coordinator is Rams passing game specialist. I don't have his name up it's, in front of me. It's a tough it, – it, yeah, it's a tough uh, pronunciation. Uh, pronunciation. I believe it's uh, Ivero, Ivero. Uh, is the name Uh, and it's funny because I actually interviewed him um, all the way back at whatever the Super Bowl was between the Rams and the Patriots okay Um, that was in Atlanta went out to that Super Bowl and the Broncos had just hired Vic Fangio okay Uh, and so after they hired Vic Fangio I I looked to see if there's anyone because I was going to media media night where everyone's available right said is there anyone on either of these staffs that have overlapped with Vic Fangio and lo and behold uh, Ivero had overlapped with him. Uh, so I interviewed him, talked to him, and, and you know, he couldn't have uh, sung the praises of Vic any higher. You can probably find that article uh, on the website somewhere. But yeah, that's that's the uh, apparently he and Hackett are like buddy, buddy, best buds. Exactly. And that's why he would be the leading front runner right now. You wonder what that means for the defensive staff, but what I hope that Nathaniel Hackett is able to do is something that George Payton has said, and I trust George Payton, but I just hope that Nathaniel Hackett gets to put his staff together, that that he doesn't have to just fall back and say, well, you have Ed Donatel here, and these guys are under contract. We're going to keep them. Or same with the offensive guys. Look, Mike Munchak, a fantastic coach. Zach Azani has done great things. Curtis Modkins, great things at running back. Those guys are great, but I want Nathaniel Hackett's staff 
in place here, not who the Broncos already have here. So if it means keeping a lot of these guys, because those are Nathaniel Hackett's guys, I love it. If it means starting fresh from everyone, I also love it. Part of it is also being smart enough to understand when you've got quality and saying, okay, I want that as part of my staff. I One of the things that I think uh, we'll, we'll probably learn here in the next few days is, of course, about the defensive staff. I know that the indications I've gotten is that the Broncos wanted to see as much of this defensive staff kept together as possible. So I would not be surprised if everyone is asked to come back. And then on the offensive side, Hackett will probably have his own ideas that he wants in. That being said, I would like to think, with Mike Munchak in particular, that he would be wise enough to understand, A, how good a coach Munchak is, and B, that his teaching can can work for whatever offense you're, you're running, and that's been the case over the course of, of his career. And so the other thing, I like the idea of having Mike Munchak sticking around as somebody who's been a head coach on that staff, someone who can be, you know, kind of a, a, a guiding point. I, you know, he was there for Vic Fangio. See, there's an alarm going off. I'm used to getting up in the 9 o'clock hour. This is, <laughs> you know. And I hope I hope he understands the the wisdom of of having some of these coaches back because particularly on the defensive side, I think there's a real chance for the Broncos to continue building on the concepts that they've learned. By the way, Ed Donatel has never been a defensive court a defensive play caller since getting Novick Fangio. So I don't think Ed Donatel, if he's calling defensive plays, it's going to be like it was back in the 2000s. I think he'll do better because he's running a different style of defense than he ran when he was last coordinator. It's kind of like Mike Shanahan post-49ers ran different offense because he was exposed to those concepts. I think you'll see something dissimilar from Ed Dontel if he's the coordinator. <clears throat> and it does sound like it will be. I think I, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation. We'll learn it if we have to. Um, but Ijiro Ivero. Um, that's at least a front runner for yeah. that gig right now. Um, and yeah, there, I, I, I did find the article, uh, of him talking about Vic. They worked together 2011 to 2014 in San Francisco. Um, but you know, this staff is going to be important because he is a first time, uh, head coach, like you mentioned, Mace, and it'll be interesting to see who, who he brings. Like we said yesterday, I don't necessarily want to see a reunion of, you know, Get, get the band back together from the team in Jacksonville that got to yeah. the AFC Championship, which is impressive. You know, not to knock that as, as not an impressive feat. But, I, you know, I'd like to see some more creativity. But you also, you know, if you're going to go first-time head coach, first-time defensive coordinator, if it is a Vero, um, then, you know, you'd like to see some experience uh, in the role on the staff. So it'll be interesting to see who he goes. Like you said, hopefully he does keep Munchek around. Um, but... This staff is going to be important, um, and I think as it'll also give us kind of hints as to the way that the Broncos are going to play football under Hackett. Exactly. It, it's it's and it's just it's going to be such a, a fun style of football, I imagine, just because of what Hackett brings as a personality, and also just how he adjusts, and that gives me hope that not just in a year-in-to-year-out basis, but we're going to see game plans that drastically change from week in to week out, and that is so important. It's something that, that we always say, it, coaches just overthink this stuff, but I think Nathaniel Hackett is someone who is going to be able to adjust on the fly like that, and that's something that you you really need in this division because now you got the difficult task of going up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and maybe even Derek Carr 
four to six times a year, and the Broncos just so desperately needed that offense to to keep up with these guys. The ability to do that, I think, is going to be predicated on what happens at quarterback, though. Because if you've got a quality quarterback, you already know you're in good shape at running back. You have you have a quality court quarterback. You're going to be able to keep them off balance. And you're going to be able, I think, adjust from week to from week to week. If you don't have that, or let's say Plan A doesn't come to fruition, and they end up going into the draft and nurse mating a, a young quarterback uh, through, like I'd say, for example, I, I'd say Kenny Pickett is somebody that the Broncos may take a long look at. I think he would mesh very well with Nathaniel Hackett, but until he gets up to speed or if Drew Locke is in there, if he's still having his ups and downs, that's going to limit how much of a chameleon you can be from week to week. If you get the quarterback, then I agree. You're going to be able to to, to mesh your game plan and attack a defense's weaknesses every week and be and, and be off be able to keep them off guard. But again, all comes down to QB. Here's great news, I think, for the Broncos surrounding the quarterback discussion. What have the Broncos tried to do since Peyton Manning left? They've, they've tried to go to the value bin at quarterback, mm-hmm. and how has that looked? It, it's looked awful. That's why the Broncos are mm-hmm. in this situation right now. But I think Nathaniel Hackett, from his past two stops, the past six seasons, has learned a lesson. In order to have sustained success, mm-hmm. you have to have a massive massive investment in the quarterback position because while he did have a lot of success with the Jaguars in 2017, he had a top five offense in terms of points scored, top six offense in terms of yards, and the best rushing attack, that was short-lived. In 2016, the year before, they had the seventh worst offense in the NFL under him, and they the next year they had the second worst offense in the NFL with Nathaniel Hackett. And, and, and then what does he do the next year? He goes to Green Bay, and what does Green Bay do? They just have so much success under Aaron Rodgers. So I really think he's going to bring that. And that just seems so obvious to us mm-hmm. of, yeah, of course you should have a, a huge investment in the quarterback position. Not to the Broncos. It has not been obvious. So I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to bring that mindset in here, which is going to be huge, whether it's trading multiple first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, whether it's taking a quarterback there at number nine instead of a cornerback or another safer position, or whether it's even trading up in the first round to get your guy. I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be the guy to push for that. Well, and, and you know, the other day I, I had that tweet about how all four remaining coaches are offensive-minded coaches, and, of course, everyone responds, quarterback, 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 quarterback. To me, though, the important part is that when you have an offensive coach, you are more likely inclined to make that big investment in the quarterback. You know, you, you look at these guys – Andy Reid, he wanted his guy, you know, so they went and got him Patrick Mahomes. Um, Zach Taylor's a little bit different, um, but, you know, if you remember, that was a that was a draft that also had Tua involved, a lot of people talking about that, um, before the injury. So that one's and also, a I little mean, bit they, tougher. But they, wait, about, they waited a year in Cincinnati in 2019 as well because they weren't they, – But did, they knew they had to get Zach Taylor his guy yeah, eventually. They, eventually, and, and Andy Dalton was a fine brick. Yep. Then you go to Kyle Shanahan. What they do, they make the big trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they back up the Brinks truck for Jimmy Garoppolo, for better or for worse. Mm. Uh, and then Sean McVay, I guess, inherited Jared Goff. But then, of course, this offseason, they make the big investment to go get him his quarterback. So when you have that offensive guy, that's someone in the building with a ton of pull who's saying, hey, let's go get me my guy so mm. we can have success here. The Kyle Shanahan 49ers example is really interesting as well because they did – wait until mid-season but that but the thing is that was an example of where Kyle came in and he had somebody in mind but they couldn't get him for a year it was going to be Kirk Cousins 
But then they trade for Garoppolo, and Garoppolo ended up being better than expected, and they realized, okay, let's just go ahead and re-sign him, burden the hand, burden the hand versus two in, two in the bush. You can debate the success or, or failure of that, but the fact is they've been to the NFC Championship game twice, so it the decision has worked out. But that's why I think it's going to be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers decides either to stay in Green Bay, which I still think is unlikely, or retire, what does the pivot become? Does the pivot become identifying one of these quarterbacks and saying, all right, Matt Corral's QB1, or Kenny Pickett is QB1. Let's do what we have to do to get to get him. Or is it going to be maybe kind of the, the Zach Taylor route or even what the, the route could have been for Kyle Shanahan waiting a year and then getting your guy one way or the other. And then this year becomes kind of a matter of making the most of what you have. That's, I think that that's the interesting thing. And it's my way of saying that the door may not be closed on Drew Locke just yet. How many times have we said it's all about having a plan? And I'm sure that was a big part of that interview process was what is your plan at quarterback? There is a chance that, you know, he said, Hey, look, I don't think this, this year's the draft. Let's roll with Drew Locke and Mm -hmm. we'll go back at it next. We don't know how that conversation went, but that had to be a big part of that conversation is what is your plan? And George Payton apparently really liked that plan because Mm -hmm. that was going to be a big Mm -hmm. part of this hiring process real quick. As Allie wrote in the chat, a thousand of you watching live with Mm -hmm. us. over a thousand now Uh, i think that's a record for us so thank you guys uh on youtube we really really appreciate that hit us with a thumbs up also if you're new um to watching us we do this every day Mm -hmm. uh we're with you five days a week talking broncos every single day we're there when emergencies come up yep yep (laughs) next week we'll be at the senior bowl uh talking about those quarterbacks and seeing maybe which one nathaniel hackett might like or do you hope hackett goes down there course now I'm, I'm i'm i would expect george payton to go down there now that this is settled no reason for him not to go and we know how he likes to have his eyes on, on guys but i hope hackett decides to go down there too yeah i mean uh, it's a yeah. a really important place to be in my opinion um especially and I, with all of these quarterbacks exactly right. you got to see these guys in person maybe he loves carson strong you know who knows what this could mean mm-hmm. but anyways we do this every day uh and again if you're new we'd love to have you also you can follow us on twitter at dnvr broncos we're verified now how about that let's go baby um, mm-hmm. but yeah and also you can send in your super chats that we're going to get to here in just a second anything else that you wanted to touch on before we move on a little bit this is just it's such an exciting move of course bringing in a head coach is such an exciting move but a guy that just brings excitement is just so refreshing so refreshing and you see what what brandon staley was able to do in terms of changing the culture in 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 los angeles and also get a winning record as they did that i think nathaniel hackett's going to be able to have that type of impact right away from the moment he steps in the door and the broncos deep defenders all of them are used to a defensive-minded head coach I think they're going to really enjoy having this jolt of offense and not feel like they're being disrespected, not having a defensive head coach. And we probably should have listened to the old adage that you always go opposite of what you did before, right? Uh, you had the old defensive guru, now you ha- and who was not exactly an energy guy, and now you get the young, energetic, offensive guy. Obviously, both um, first-time head coaches, that's the overlap there, but very, very different from what the Broncos are used to. And I think... That's going to have an instant, immediate impact. And while the Broncos didn't go with a 36-year-old Kevin O'Connell in terms of super young, Nathaniel Hackett, 42 years old, still very young. The average age uh, of coaches is 10 years older than that in the NFL. So the Broncos still went very young with this hire. You think basically we now know that O'Connell was the backup plan? 
That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. No Very offense to him, but the fact that they're that they make this move right now with the Jaguars looming on Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett was their first choice. O'Connor prob- Quinn may have been their second choice. O'Connell was probably the fallback. I think yeah. In the the Dan I would Quinn, put, I would put Hackett or I'd put O'Connell above Quinn. The Dan Quinn thing, very interesting. Mm-hmm. As it now looks like he's not going to get any of these jobs, and he's removed himself from consideration. You can't hire me. I didn't want your job anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now that's that's how I feel. This happened. Yeah. Um, the Quinn camp is definitely trying to spin it as they want us to think that he pulled his name out of the hat before the Broncos made Mm. this decision. I don't think so. Uh, I think if George Payton wanted Dan Quinn, he was going to get Dan Quinn. It's not a coincidence. It happens right after. A coincidence? uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. Even I wouldn't make that dad joke pun. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not a coincidence, coincidence, that it happens right after the Hackett hire and then Eberflus getting the job in Chicago, which – if we weren't talking about the Broncos hire, I think would be an interesting discussion because that to me is a really curious pick. I think so for the too. Bears. Um, and as it relates to Quinn and you know the um, not a coincidence, I also don't think it's a coincidence that it came out last night that Hackett was going to get an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, I don't even necessarily know if that's true. Um, you know, a lot of times these agents leak stuff to the big reporters because they want something out there and I think you know that's just a classic negotiation tactic you, you don't want someone to feel like they have unlimited time to make a decision so uh the hack at camp puts a little bit of pressure on George Payton and George Payton gives it gives in and says all right all right all right you know you're our guy come on I love on it home. I love that Nathaniel Hackett did that of course. Said, I, I'm done waiting I want my job now and obviously he knew that things with the Broncos went very well. He knew the reason he got back on that plane was because that was part of the plan, not the end of it. And I absolutely love that George Payton played his cards perfectly right. He did not. He, he, he let the process play out. He got time to think about it. He didn't rush anything. And shockingly, the Broncos made the first hire of all nine openings. But then I love that he said, no, we're not going to lose you. You're coming here. He gets a four-year deal. So maybe George Payton will get a chance to hire one more coach if this thing doesn't go right because George Payton has five years left uh, on his deal. And honestly, guys, I'm surprised with the Broncos' ownership situation up in the air. I thought a new head coach could have got five-year deal. Instead, four. So maybe it wasn't as hard to sell uh, a coach on this. At least the chat likes my uh, dad jokes. I also uh, hear that Nathaniel Hackett likes dad jokes. So, (laughs) you know, uh, maybe that's another reason why he's got to come on the pod. You know, he's got a good vibe, but he's also got a dad vibe to him. He definitely does. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, I I could totally see him uh, walking in wearing, you know, wearing the new balances and uh, making a couple of dad jokes. A hundred percent. And and what he does. And the thing is, like, but he also like references stepbrothers, which means he's you know he's young enough. But that but that is like I mean that's what that's a two thousand seven movie. I mean that's right there in like forty something dad territory. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, two thousand seven. How old would he have been then? Like, he would have been uh, what uh, twenty twenty eight twenty seven years old because he's got a he's got a December birthday. So he's he's twenty seven years old. If you're if you're anywhere from forty to 48 49 years old stepbrothers i mean i made the 40 year old version reference yesterday i'm sure he would get that i'm yes. sure that's in his wheelhouse too <laughs> you know you know what yeah. else i think he's going to be able to do you know who else is 42 years old and players absolutely love him 
Who? Kyle Shanahan. Oh, and wow, one, he's 42. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that Kyle Shanahan does is he plays he plays the hip music. He plays the, the mm-hmm. thing that the, the players are listening to, not just on the practice field, but in the facility, nope. you know, before meetings start. And he's wearing Yeezys, and he's wearing <laughs> the things that these guys wear. I don't know if Hackett's going to be Strikes wearing Yeezys. Strikes me as more of a New Balance guy. <laughs> yeah. But, no, but maybe, yeah. maybe he will be. And, yeah. and, and, and I just guarantee that not just on the practice field when, mm. when the public can see it, He's going to connect with these players so well. And how has that worked for Kyle Shanahan? Look, Kyle Shanahan still has a losing record as a head coach. But just all of the intangibles he brings makes it seem like he's just such a better coach. And I guess a lot more stability. And we all know Kyle Shanahan's not getting fired despite a losing record. That's exactly what what Nathaniel Hackett will bring as well with those intangibles. You know, the thing is, like, getting the music right isn't that hard. It shouldn't even be that hard if you're, like, a 60-year-old head coach, right? (laughs) You you have somebody Getting music at all was hard. Yeah, I mean you you have somebody around uh, around and you just ask, yeah, hey, what do you think the guys want to vibe to? Why don't right you now? just ask the guys? Yeah, what they exactly. Want to vibe to. Or even if you don't ask the players, have somebody young around you that you just that you say, hey, what kind of music is going to work? I mean, I think just because you're sixty years old doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to to do that. But you know, for whatever reason, it was beyond it was oh. it was beyond Vic's range. I mean, the idea of music at practice for the Broncos was something endemic to like the opponent you know i once watched a uh an unnamed head coach that i covered at one point um lose his absolute mind because they were playing music that had curse words in it i was like you are so out of touch man what are you doing well i can were there were there fans there no no, okay closed practice that's the thing like if for training camp, I get that you're going to want to go with the edited version. You've sure. got you've got little kids around, even though they're going to hear plenty of saucy stuff from Bill Kolar if he's back as D line coach. <laughs> but close practice, come on. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I want to tie a bow on this with with uh, a direct question. One out of ten, rate the hire. Mm, I'm going to go an eight. They got offense. They got uh, a guy that's going to be able to connect with players, and they got energy. Yep. Seven. Uh, he's uh, he, he he got the offense. It may open the door to a huge upgrade at quarterback. Uh, but you don't you don't know what he's gonna be like when the spotlight's on him, when all the choices are on him until he get thrown in there. That's why. Look, I've always said I would hire only hire people who've done the job before. I'm trying to bring myself back in time, 24 hours, to give the answer I would have given yesterday because obviously woke up this morning, got the news. I'm like crushing every all the Hackett content I can, and now I love the guy. Um, but try to r- remove myself from that. And I think yesterday I would have said 7.5. There we go. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it's, it is it does knock off the things I've been looking for. It is uh, offense. It is energy. The offensive numbers are the one thing that are, are keeping me from, you know, doing backflips over this. It's not that impressive, especially on a consistent basis without – Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that's why they hired him. I don't think they hired him because they think he's an offensive genius. I think that's a part of it. I really think they hired him for that energy, that personality, bring, you know, lighten up that building a little bit. It, it Doesn't it sometimes feel really tight in there? Absolutely. Tight and stale. I mean, obviously the season did not go well, but there were times being out there at the start of practice where it had all the, it had all the energy of a, of, of a first of a first yeah, no it had it had all the energy of the first round of like the greater hartford open 
<laughs> oh boy! And not not a big golf tournament. The Greater Greensboro Open is, I think, what I said when I, when Troy Rank and I were talking one day about it because it was it was just so blah. And training camp was that was that way. I mean, f- frankly, well, that's when I lost it this year yeah, during training camp. I was yeah. like, where? There's no energy from this team. Uh, music, it's a little thing I know, but something like that can go a long way. There was no energy, and thus there was no energy on the hillside among oh, the fans. No. There, there, there was, there was, there was no juice to it. To use Van, Vance Joseph's term, and I think one of the first tasks here, no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Aaron Rodgers, that energy is going to come regardless. But maybe it won't be an Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he decides to retire and try to lobby his way into the Jeopardy job. I think he's still going to find ways to generate a little bit more oomph, as Vic Fangio might have said. Yeah. There was no oomph, even though Vic Fangio would use that term. There was no oomph for the last three years. I love the chat today. Uh, everyone's jumping in, giving their ratings. Yeah. We've got Brennan Vogt calling us the Bronk Daddies. Um, <laughs> we've got everyone participating. Uh, of course, record numbers. Love mm. this. Shout out to you guys. And someone in, did in the, ask in there, hey, what does the money from Super Chats go to? That goes right back into the studio so we can do things like, you know, the new three. Oh, there's my uh, alarm. Uh, Whoa, new, later than mine. Well, that's an emergent. That's like a yeah. last case, like. Yeah. You, you better be up by now <laughs> okay. to not get the hell out my, of bed. My, my alarms start at like 8.30, so like if you had not called me at like 8.06 this morning, I, the earliest I would have been here would have been like 9.15 or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The funny, the ironic yeah. thing is that I'm, you know, probably the latest mm-hmm. riser because um, both of you guys are pretty early morning guys, especially Zach. No, Zach's uh, an early morning yeah, guy. Zach's yeah. definitely the I'm earliest. definitely not a and morning you, person. And I was the like, one who had to wake you guys up today. Yeah, I- that's true. I, uh, I, uh, I, I kid you not. This is the first day I've slept through my alarm. So I was supposed to be up at six, and uh, you called me uh, way after that. Yeah, seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Constance. So I mean, just, uh, just crazy how this works mm. out. It is funny. But uh, to answer the question, uh, the super chat money goes right back into our shows uh, to try to, you know, get us better equipment, all that stuff. Um, so we can put on better shows for you guys. Exactly, exactly. And why don't a lot of people you drop in your scores or rating this higher? Uh, everyone, drop your rating for this higher. We want to see what you guys think. It seems like a lot of people are right around that seven and eight number. Yeah, and, and you know it's it's hard to be higher than that before you you know before we see anything from the guy. So I think it's it's cautious optimism um, from most people about this higher. Um, and yeah, you don't even have to be cautiously optimistic over at Green Mountain Dental. You can just be straight up optimistic, uh, and you can schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam to get a free Sonicare toothbrush over there. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. You walk in there today, people will be talking about Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, it's just the kind of place it is. They're all big Denver sports fans. It's family owned dentistry. They come down here, they hang out, watch Avs games. Um, you know, they're big Colorado sports fans and they're part of our family. Uh, they've supported us for a very long time. So if you're looking for a dentist in the metro area, go check out Green Mountain Dental. And we all need that jolt of coffee in the morning to get us going. And there's no better jolt than Strava Craft Coffee, where not only is it delicious coffee, but it packs that CBD punch. And CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, so much going on in your body. It can help relieve. And if you want this, they've got a two-in-one punch for you. Use the code DNVR over DNVR25 over at checkout for 25% off your first purchase over at Strava Craft Coffee. And then subscribe after that, and you'll get 20% off every single order after that. So check out all the delicious coffee they have at StravaCraftCoffee.com and use that code DNVR25. All right, guys. Uh, let's start with the Super Chats. Yes. Uh, I think we have a few here, so let's uh, let's get rolling on the Super Chats, Al. 
Okay. Well, that's a good uh, score there. Seven point one four one five nine two six. How much more? That's, do you, well, I mean, that's that's the that's the, the digits pie. of pie. <laughs> How much more three can you instead do, of please? seven to lead it off. Yeah. Oh, you a super super chat. Okay. Um, well, kind of needs to be bigger so I can yeah, read it. Yeah, I can't. Um, all right. Uh, I know it's from the homie Brian. He says, uh, "Yeah, I think so." Called it. It's Hackett season, gentlemen. Uh, Tamale sealed it. Also, still waiting for my free shirt. Uh, for talking, for taking Mace to the last question mm. of Three Ring Circus last year. Hackett season. Love y'all. Of course, he has to get in a little jab there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, come get it. You were here. There we go. Uh, there we go. No, but yeah, uh, the the tamales were, were a strong move from Hackett. I think that was what sealed the deal for him too. I, th- I think the the Margs probably brought out even more jokes mm. between Hackett and George Payton, and obviously this is a guy that it's going to be easy to fall in love with. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very very true, and I think you know that sense of humor and stuff. It just goes a long way, I think, in in building relationships, and that definitely helped him in this. It did. Mm-hmm. It it absolutely did to take over the front runner of Dan Quinn. Yep. Which again, the Dan Quinn thing is just crazy. I wonder like how he feels about all this. He's got to feel sick. I mean, you know who loves this is Jerry Jones. Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, Jerry Jones, you know, probably thought about firing his coach in order to keep Dan Quinn. Now he doesn't have to, and it looks like Kellen Moore is coming back too. Wow. Cow- Cowboys fans, if you see like the reaction on social media, they are thrilled right now. Yeah. That Dan Quinn's coming back. Kellen Moore got no, like, really didn't get, it didn't advance at all in this he, whole yeah. process. He, it, just like I said, it seemed like he fell off the, the cliff the second half of the season. He probably hates Vic Fangio. He does. <laughs> he, um, Vic getting an uh, interview to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, although some other reports are coming there. out now mm-hmm. saying that it's the, the Jaguars are very close to hiring Byron Leftwich, as they should. Well, at least well, I could yeah. predict someone's head coach hired correctly. <laughs> I mean, hey, good for Vic for getting that interview, but I think that was it, it appears it was just a fallback. I mean, there were reportedly snags between the Jaguars and Byron Leftwich contractually, and you know, obviously they've had issues because – some coaches have not wanted to work with Trent Baalke, their general manager. And, I mean, why Shahid Khan is sticking with him, I don't know. There's a report yeah. out there that yeah. uh, they're going to hire Adrian Wilson mm-hmm. to be uh, from Arizona to be their general manager and, yeah. and kick Trent Baalke so out. That, that, that's the smartest thing they could do. <laughs> and and uh, every indication is that Leftwich did not want to work with Baalke, that he wanted to return to Jacksonville. Of course, he played there. But didn't want to work with Balky. That's the the best thing the Jaguars could do is move on. If there's one, if there's one person that coach after coach is saying, I don't want to work with this guy, get rid of him. What are you What are you doing? That's crazy. If someone like if you want to interview someone, that person comes in for an interview and then says, Yeah, I want to work here too, just not with that guy. Kind not not exactly, but there was awkwardness with Vic Fangio and George Payton. Vic Fangio <laughs> helped bring George Payton in one year. It doesn't mm-hmm. go well. George Payton moves on from Vic. And that's what is so good about this situation is George Payton and the new head coach uh, love each other and are on the exact same page. That's so important. You need the owner, GM, head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback to be on the same page. Right now, the Broncos did only have one of those guys. Now they've got two of them. Now it's about making that th- those other five connections. Yep. All right, let's move on in the Super Chats here. Next one from Scotty Moore. Hackett has seen the game from a lot of different angles, playing, coaching, offense, and defense. Um, maybe take on an overview role and hire an OC that calls the plays. And there's another one uh, that follows up that from Willie. 
uh, who says, who are the OC and DC candidates for Hackett? We'll obviously have a lot more on that in the coming days. And yep. that's yeah. kind of the fun part of these coaching searches is you the, get one part done, but then there's more coaches to search for. Well, you mentioned the hero Ivero on the defensive side. Another guy that uh, Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network is pointing out is Adam Stanovich, who is Green Bay's offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Mm. Because every indication is that the Packers are going to promote Luke Getzey to offensive coordinator. I wish the Broncos would just give a middle finger to that unwritten rule and say we're taking both. They may. They, I, they, they may try. They may They may try, but I don't think they will. And I think uh, probably you're going to hear in the next, tw- in the next maybe not 24 hours because they'll have to adhere to, to the Rooney rule, but it won't be long before Luke Getzey is their OC in Green Bay. And, and just to, to the other first point that was made, uh, Nathaniel Hackett actually got his start as a coach in football as an assistant linebackers coach at UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was actually the defensive assistant to the coordinators. Uh, and then he also had some specialist uh, positions that he had. So he's he has been all over the league mm-hmm. and now only a coordinator in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball. Right, yeah. And, and that's kind of how it works in coaching is you take mm-hmm. your foot in the door yeah. however you mm-hmm. possibly can, and, and you learn a lot uh, in those early days. And he obviously has absolutely paid his dues. It's always crazy when you look at these long resumes of a guy who's 42 and he's done like 27 different jobs. Yep, mm-hmm. almost his 20th season in coaching this year. Pretty impressive. And um, he was around football his entire life because of his dad, Paul Hackett, being uh, b- being a head coach, being a coordinator, position coach in the NFL. So, I mean, he's been basically learning about football basically his entire life. And that's obviously something that was going to be important in this coaching search was not having someone who's so focused on one side Mm -hmm. of the ball. So I think you will see him. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he's going to have a lot of say in the style of offense and maybe the play calling. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be interesting to find out what he wants to do. Um, But I would think he would be the play caller. I think I think so. But again, um, I think the Broncos hired him for for other reasons not just that and i think that they that he is going to take on much more of that ceo role than vic fangio i think that the zach taylor model is kind of perfect because he calls the plays in cincinnati but he he isn't involved in every offensive meeting because he wants to know what's going on on the defensive side so a, a lot of the guts of game planning is actually tasked to brian callahan there and I think whoever is offensive coordinator is is going to have kind of a lot of the, the nuts and bolts of the game planning, allowing Hackett to focus on running the entire team. And and that you know that perspective can be really valuable mm-hmm. for the other side of the ball. Right. Nathaniel Hackett should be telling his defensive coordinator what he hates when defenses do to his offense, mm-hmm. especially because he's running the offense that a lot of teams are you know trying to run at this point. So that's really valuable. I always thought like if Pat Shermer went to Vic Fangio and said like what's something that offenses do that you just hate to defend Vic would say something like there's nothing like I can defend oh, everything right right <laughs> you know um uh, so you want that perspective from both sides of the ball um but yeah those are I guess those are the early candidates uh for mm-hmm. those positions let's go to the next question Court Nelson says, I want to be optimistic for Hackett, but it's going to be hard to get excited if he brings in Doug Marone and a bunch of other stooges from Jacksonville. Please give us hope. I I understand mm-hmm. that sentiment. Yeah, me too. But Court, we didn't mention any of those guys from Jacksonville right now, so you hope that he goes that way. But I do agree. I, I think uh, getting the band back together from Jacksonville 
is going to be a tough sell for Broncos fans, especially with just how much excitement Nathaniel Hackett himself brings. That would really feel like cold water on the party. Yeah. I mean, you've had eventually successful head coaches who are part of failed administrations before. I mean, Hackett himself got fired. No, I, from I, Jacksonville. It's so just it's a you, vibe thing. Yeah, Uh-oh. you don't want to see the whole band come together. But I'm not going to raise a stink if in any way if there are a few Jaguars, ex-Jaguars coaches on this staff. How would you feel if if Doug Marone was the offensive coordinator? I mean, I think it does bring the vibes down a little bit. Okay, <laughs> in terms of the vibe check. Uh, who's the quarterback? You don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm fine with it. Look, Hackett's probably going to call the plays. I'd be okay with it. Okay. Wouldn't bother me. I'm not, yeah, I'm not against it because I think it's more of like bringing in someone you trust who, who you want their feedback on things and has been a head coach. I understand that, but I'm, I'm with you. It, it doesn't like excite me in any way. Right. Exactly. And exactly. of course, and of course, Marone's doing his football rehab on Nick Saban's staff right now too. So the best football we have in right. Can get. <laughs> so I mean, maybe he, he got some things out of that if he ends up coming uh, coming back uh, to work with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, one thing that Mar- now Marone did step on a lot of toes in his times as head coach, Buffalo and Jacksonville. His departure from Buffalo is really fascinating because he, after a nine seven season, he you know he he basically walked away and Buffalo was basically content to let him go. So, but. It would be a little different, though, with him being a lieutenant rather than the guy in charge. I think it's so funny that, like, coaches get fired and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go be undefeated and win a national championship in <laughs> Alabama. Then I'll right. get another job. Right. On my off yeah. time, pretty much. Title yeah. ring's a title ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, what's next? From Alex. Thanks for getting up early to discuss this in case you needed another cup of coffee <laughs> hits us with the super chat appreciate that probably gonna need like three today thank you alex really appreciate you all right next one uh from z reeves what do you uh guys think the saints will do at head coach love from iowa go broncos i think they just promote from within De- dennis allen who we're familiar with in denver i he's the front runner yeah i mean the, the big question is what they do in terms of team building i don't think it's much of a question on the coach and allen was a hot candidate anyway Hopefully for him, because he, he's here, I'd like to see him do – he was here in 2011. I'd like to see him do well. Hopefully he gets a long contract because if they, they do need to probably have a year where they tear it down and start rebuilding. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how they would handle the contract situation if my tinfoil hat theory about Sean Payton is true. Like, do they give him a one-year contract? Uh, you'd have to pay him out. So you've you oh. got to give him a two- or three-year contract and uh, just eat the money. I don't I don't think – contracts are usually no less than – no fewer than four years. Right, I know. But yeah. if they, you know – no, if everyone's in on on this plan – You'd still give him a four-year contract. Fair enough. And then you'd You're just You're an like, NFL team. You can afford that. You'd just adjust it or something. Yeah. You'd have some sort of language in there that makes it easy to yeah. get out of or whatever. Right. Um, next one. From Darth – Swartz. Um, I feel like Green Bay is getting ready to get Drew Locke and Jerry Judy, and we're going to get Green Bay's quarterback and their wide receiver. You guys okay with that swap? Oh, let's see. Let's put it into the trade uh, trade machine. It comes yep. out pretty even. Yeah. comes out pretty <laughs> yeah. even right there. I yeah. guess you got to throw in it for a few, for a few first-round picks, too. Yeah, you'll take uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams um, for sure as an upgrade over Drew Locke. Yes, you would. Yes, Let you me would. ask you guys this, though. I mean, Jerry Judy – you're deep at receiver. You should be fine. You may get Devontae Adams if you get Rogers. What if the Packers said, hey, we'll make this deal with you, but we want Pat Sertan? Yeah. Oh, God. 
People are just going to hate so, this, but you so, have to do it. So you have who, to do who's it. Who's in it? Say two first-round picks, Jerry Judy and Pat Sertan. Oh, both of them. So the equivalent of four first-round picks. No, like, I just know so many people are going to disagree with this, but, yeah, I would, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm sorry. If the goal is to win a Super Bowl, which I'm pretty sure it is, then you just do the deal, and you, it hurts, and you're going to be sad, um, you know, when Pat Sertan gets his gold jacket one day. Um, but you just do it, and, and if you win a Super Bowl, no one cares. Yep, exactly, exactly. And who was the cornerback they drafted last year? Uh, the kid from Georgia. I forget his name. Maybe you get him in return. Oh, Eric Stokes? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Maybe you get him in return, mm-hmm. and that's how it works out. Possibly. All right, next one. Uh, from Edward. I'm so freaking happy. Hack it, baby. Let's go. Quinn didn't get a second interview with Denver, and the Bears are hiring another head coach. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, lo- I love the energy. And, again, if you, like, go just absorb some Nathaniel Hackett content today, anything where you see him on video – uh, or maybe, I don't know if he has been on a podcast like Dan Quinn was, uh, but you will end up being fired up. Yes, you will. You will. You'll, you'll, you'll be energized from it. Absolutely. He not short on energy. And, you know, a lot of times I wonder with these coaches, like, how do they do it? I don't have to wonder that with him. Like, he is so chocked full of energy. He is. I, I understand how he does it all day, every day. Yep. And, and, and I got that feeling from talking to people who met Nathaniel just by meeting him in, on Monday in person, just he, he just gives off such a different vibe. And I think that was a huge thing for George Payton because that's a huge thing of leadership is being able to change the culture. And in his, what was it, eight or nine hours around uh, Broncos people, more than just George Payton and the search committee, he, he certainly gave off that vibe. Yeah, there was another quote in that article from Blake Bortles where he said, like, ah, it takes about five minutes of talking to this guy to know he's a different yep. bird. Yep, exactly. And All a very right. different bird from Vic Fangio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's what's, I think, another exciting part of this is you have this um, very unique guy mm-hmm. who comes in, very special. Uh, and if he hits, then it's like it can't be replicated, right? Like yep. you got your own secret sauce, your own formula. I think Sean McVay is a very unique and different individual um, where you can't just say like, oh, that's right. the next Sean McVay. Now, you hoped that you could got that if you go with O'Connell, but he has that energy too that just it's not like – other people so if you if you do hit on this and Hackett ends up being the Broncos coach for a long time it's like he's your own very specific brand of what you do and 42 years old he could be the coach here for 25 years if all works out absolutely (laughs) absolutely and uh, everyone can cross their fingers for that it'll be funny and you know uh 2040 something when we're talking about the Broncos need to get a young head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he retires in 2047. <laughs> oh my gosh! Now we're now we're really going crazy here. Uh, it's just you know, it's a day where hope springs eternal. Then we're talking about uh, the Broncos doubling their Super Bowl total that they have now. They'd have you know six Super Bowls. They, they would have then. to for yep. him to last that long. Yep. Even Mike Shanahan couldn't last even exactly. close to that long with two. Yep. I mean, and that's and that's the thing. They're even the best coaches. Unless they're named Belichick or Shula, tend to have a shelf life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I love is that you know if Vic Fangio worked out, you're talking like a, a five or seven mm-hmm. or Jim Caldwell. Let's say they would have hired Jim Caldwell. You're talking about like a five year window. This could be a decade window if it all works out. All right, guys, let's jump into the. Qu- oh, more? We got more. 
We, we don't know we yet. We do not know. know yet. They have not set that up. And, and and like we said, that this is different. Typically, when you get a guy in the building, you don't let him leave. Well, the Broncos let Nathaniel Hackett leave. So he's out in Green Bay. He's going to be making his way to Denver at some point soon. Uh, and then that's when we will know about a press conference. But I would expect it to be today or tomorrow. There is, by the way, no, at this moment, no flight schedule, at least that I can find on FlightAware, from Green Bay to Centennial. So they've still got to figure out the logistics. Yes. Yeah, and it's snowing here. It's not supposed to be a bad snow, but it is snowing here. And I don't want to disappoint anyone, but the Broncos aren't necessarily notorious for having big moments on a Friday. Mm. So, so you think it could be on Monday? I think, it, yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm saying it's not going to happen today, clearly, or at least it seems that way. I think, they, I think they announced John, either John Fox or John Elway got announced on a Friday. Interesting. Um, so. What they could do, though, is just do it all by Zoom, and then it could be, oh, yeah. you know, this afternoon or something. It could, for sure, and that would make sense. If I, I had to put my money down, which I've been wrong on a few things on this is coaching search, I would pick Monday. Yeah, yeah, and have a uh, a big unveiling mm. down there, and probably in the Pat Bolin, uh, Pat Bolin Fieldhouse. Yep. We talked a little bit about it earlier. I don't. I think it was a favor. I don't know from who, but I don't. Byron left, which is the perfect candidate for them to rebuild the culture, to be a great hire for Trevor Lawrence. It, it has to be him. With Vic, I just wouldn't get it at all. You have Trevor Lawrence. What are you doing? Not giving him the best opportunity to be the best Trevor Lawrence he could be. Unless they were doing the whole thing of interviewing him to be their defensive coordinator. That makes me and so being a lot of sense. Su- being, and that's where, okay, it wasn't great experience, but he's been a head coach before and maybe could be someone who'd be an excellent right-hand person Byron to Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich and Vic Fangio would give me good feelings a, about the future they of, would, the, of the and They would have knocked it out yeah. of the park in my mind. And if Trent Baalke is gone, and there's a report out, out of Arizona saying, Baalke's out, Adrian Wilson would be in as the GM, and that Byron Leftwich kind of put an ultimatum out. So you get Balky out, and you have Leftwich as head coach, Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. Their Jaguars fans ought to feel fantastic about yeah. that. And I feel great about Byron Leftwich going in and, and telling them how it's going to be. Yeah. Because you only get one shot at this, really, uh, as a head coach, sometimes two. But you go in there and you say, look, <laughs> this is Jacksonville. I know what, how hard it is to win here. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it my way. With all respect to Nathaniel Hackett, that sort of moxie is part of why I wanted Byron Leftwich to be on the Broncos list. Oh, yeah. but how about this? The Saints are requesting right now to interview Byron Leftwich. It's maybe not a done deal. Maybe Vic Fangio will be the head coach there. I think Byron Leftwich is just playing chess while everyone mm-hmm. else is playing checkers. I'm, he's like, he's like, like about to sign it. the contract. Yeah. He's like, hey, hold on, my phone's ringing. Oh, you guys want to interview me? All right, uh, you're gonna have to up that a couple million each year. <laughs> you're like, I know how much you paid Urban Meyer. Right. I know you have the cash to do this. I'm telling yeah. you, he's in a he's in a position of of great leverage, and Fantastic. I think he's using it. Yeah. Or maybe it was Byron Leftwich's agent that put it out there that Nathaniel Hackett was having a second interview to then get Nathaniel hired to then make him the only candidate out there. There you go. <laughs> oh, another one. Okay. All right. Eventually, we're going to have to get to the questions. Um, but, you know, I guess we've got all day. Um, Jake Gerard. every time we saw Vic with enthusiasm, we dominated, a.k.a. Dallas game. And only uh, an only game, this is what the team needs. Bring the juice and run a jet sweep. The, uh, the, my favorite thing that 
that happened in that Dallas Cowboys game was Vic Fangio's energy and enthusiasm. And because it was just so unique from what we had seen, you know, we were used to the confused look on the sideline face, not just from Vic, but from Vance too. We were for four years. We were used to that four and a half years at that point. That's what we used to. And then we see Vic be so fired up, so pumped. That was the thing that I liked the most from that game. Even though the Broncos were up 30 to zero, it was the head coach's mentality. Now they're going to get that every single week. It's not going to be an anomaly when it happens. It's not going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, he finally turned into the guy the Broncos need. No, the Broncos hired the guy that they needed. So I absolutely love that. I think it's a fantastic point, Jake. Yeah, and in the end, Vic needed his own bulletin board material to get excited for a game. Yep. Um, all right, one more uh, from OPMG. Any idea what a trade package for Rodgers would look like? We just talked a little yeah. bit about that. We're actually going to do this on our uh, on our piece on thednvr.com. So if you're tuning in, we're also not only five days a week, but we also have a website, thednvr.com, where we not only have our podcasts, these live pods, uh, we've got videos breaking things down. We broke Nathaniel Hackett down a couple weeks ago. We also have articles where we're dropping articles left and right, so make sure to check that out. And we do a series every week called Broncos Pick'em. And our topic this week is, how much are you willing to trade for Aaron Rodgers? Mm. And uh, I think what we can all say is uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, you're trading multiple first-round picks, and Mace threw it out there. You're willing to trade some players, too. Not going to have anything to pick next week, though, unless we're picking the winner of the Senior Bowl. <laughs> what do you mean? We're not picking oh, the Pro Bowl. That's, that's what I mean. Sure. We're not picking the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Give me the AFC. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to jump into the comments on the website now, which you can leave if you are a member at the DNVR.com. And well, I'm just going to jump to the ones that came in post-hire. Um, Let's do it. And if you want us, us to circle back to the ones that came in pre-hire, then yeah, just copy them over to tomorrow. Uh, from hey to your peers, happy Thursday, everyone. First off, I've loved every step of this coaching search with you guys. It's been one of the most enjoy. It's been the most enjoyable off-season I've had with the team since I started following a few years ago when I moved to Denver. Thank you. We love that. Um, second, wow, we have a coach, and it's not the guy anyone really thought. I know y'all uh, will cover so much about this on the pod before getting to this comment, but I'm hoping y'all can bolster my confidence in Coach Hackett since he was number three on my list of the three second interviews because I want to be all in on him. And I think one thing that we all said when it came down to this final three is, you know, you'd be happy with all three of these guys. Um, I think they did a really good job in that search. And it just kind of came down to what did George Payton value? And it feels to me like he really valued the energy that Nathaniel Hackett brings to the table. Got to jump in with something here. Mike Kliss of Nine News tweeting that the introductory press conference for Hackett will be Friday. Oh, I was wrong again. And Joe Ellis expected to have statement on team's ownership situation early next week. Per source, quote, expectation is he will state Broncos will be put up for sale. Okay. Unquote. All right. It's never a dull moment. <laughs> we'll be doing yes. finish the coaching search, start the owner search. Right, at, right after yeah. one another in the middle of a coordinator search. Yep, yeah, exactly. In the middle of a quarterback search. a quarterback search. search. We'll be <laughs> yeah. obviously uh, doing our own quarterback search down there in Mobile. Uh, okay, so there you go. A, a Friday press conference. I didn't think I would see it. You know what? Though? Like I said, they, they've done Friday things before. I mean, They have, just not in my time covering yeah. the team. Mm. 
Junior oh. Pancake says, wake up, boys. We got it, Coach. I love it. Some early morning news for us. Howler's Bro Surf says, the domino has fallen. We have a coach. I was hoping for KOC, but hack it can be exciting. I know I'm in the minority here, but I'm really hoping that he doesn't bring Rodgers with him. Give me Wilson or give me a young draft pick. Rodgers stance aside, something I feel is lost in the conversation. If they are both available, and I know this is a magic question, is there going to be a difference in draft price to acquire Wilson or Rodgers? Wilson may fetch an additional one or two, but you're going to get him for so much longer. Wilson is the answer to me. I agree if you had the choice between the two, I'd go with Wilson. So would I. For a lot of reasons. Now, age is part of it. Other reasons that we've discussed, and I don't think we need to belabor today. No. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you def- uh, if you have the choice, you definitely go Wilson, in my opinion. I know there's people that disagree with that. Because but I get the indication he, that Rodgers is the Broncos' first choice. I mean, only do- all every domino that fall uh, that's falling is pointing towards that. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's hard to... Uh, to argue with that and i know that people you know are debating this now or whatever if you get either one it's a dream um you're getting (laughs) a hall of fame quarterback like Mm -hmm. you know you'd never think that would happen once it happened with peyton manning you you kind of lucked into a a hall of fame quarterback if that happens again well someone's really looking over uh the broncos (laughs) it's serious you think rogers would still keep doing those weekly pat mcafee show Oh, no, you do weekly DNVR Broncos there podcast. There we go. There we go. I love it. <laughs> From Mike Trout, if the ownership situation isn't resolved in a world where Rodgers is a Bronco, how do you all think it impacts the ownership situation? For example, sale price and who is bidding for ownership. Don't think it has any impact on the sale price at all. If it it's, happened before the sale, I think it would help. The, with, you know, maybe. Mm. Who knows? It's hard to know how much something can affect something when we're talking on a scale of billions. But 100 mil? The, the value of Aaron Rodgers on your team is every game, you know, is crazy sold out, even though they already sell out every game, but you don't have any no-shows. Uh, you know, your um, private suites are getting filled with hot shots every week. It's got a short-term boost, right. but I don't think, like when we're talking about a billion-dollar purchase and we're t- you're or multi-billion dollar, games. And you're talk- but you're also talking about what your plan is beyond empower field at mile high you're talking about development etc i think even though there'll be a short-term boost to the sale to the sales i really don't think this is going to have much of an effect on the sale price of the broncos whether you get aaron Rodgers or not it's an incredible asset regardless and the purchase is being made for you know generations not just what happens the next four years and i agree and that's what i'm but even if it did make an impact we wouldn't even be able to like see it yeah right. you know what i mean this is going to be a ton anyways right it's a, it might be a couple million I'm, i don't know but the, the thing that'll have an impact is the auction style sale and the the obligation to go to the highest bidder and that like we said yesterday that just opens the door for somebody to come in and say and and blow everyone out of the water because it's a no fuss way to hire an NFL team. And in uh, my opinion, in my opinion, this this auction, you know, it could get crazy. I don't really think there's a price too high to pay for the Denver Broncos, like especially if you're a mega billionaire. Just whatever someone says, you just say a little bit more. I mean, like I said, not that I expect this group to be in, but like if you had the Manchester City ownership group come in, literally that family is worth a trillion dollars. What would stop them from saying, "Oh, well, we could." 
you know, develop some real estate in a, in a booming market and build a stadium and all that. What's to stop him from saying $10 billion? Nothing. I yes. love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Get someone with trillion dollars in here. Every Bullen kid, a billionaire on their own. <laughs> then, man, that would be something <laughs> else. And the last one coming in from our friend Samuel Bisu. He says, just want to say great show, guys, and in George we trust. You got to. Yep. Hasn't given you any reason not to, unless you think you know passing on Justin Fields and Mac Jones is a is a reason to break the trust. At least he hit the pick. You know the the pressure to hit that pick went up tenfold, and and he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. George Payton has his guy. The Denver Broncos mm-hmm. have their guy, and it's an exciting day. Cannot wait to hear from him tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to be electric yeah uh once we finally get to hear with him and of course everyone loves the coach even more after the introductory press conference big day in broncos country we finally got some offense uh appreciate everyone for tuning in what a huge day for us on the show uh, record numbers thank you guys so much hit us with a thumbs up on your way out and we will be with you tomorrow the next day throughout the history of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so stay with us. We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Take you back one last time